The Bible reading is from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Hear the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, you can't believe everything you see in the movies. Recently, when my mother-in-law was down, uh, we were looking through the Christmas movies on Amazon Prime, and there's about 50 movies there, and they're basically the same plot, just whether someone from the city goes to the country or whether someone from the country goes to the city, um, and they're basically all the same plot, and there's something that happens that puts them in a a predicament where they have to discover the real meaning of Christmas. And it's a, a, a fun thing to watch, but in many ways, it, as, as Jessica's just pointed out to us, sometimes the images that we put forward for what remind us of Christmas are actually a little misleading. There are some really great uh, movies that represent to us the, the Jesus story. But again, in 90 minutes, they're actually taking everything from the angel appearing to Mary to the wise men from the East coming, which some scholars say, well, Mary would have been pregnant for at least nine months, but some scholars saying that it even could be a year and a half squashed down into 90 minutes. And so, there's some things that happen in the movies that maybe are a little misleading to us, even though they're trying to do the best attempt that they can. And it's possibly no offence to the, the plays that we have kids perform, but again, because we want to get as many kids playing as many characters as possible, we sometimes give a misleading representation in the five-minute nativity play to what really happens on Christmas Day. And so, today I want to unpack a little bit more about what the real meaning of Christmas might be. I'm not actually here to burst your Christmas bubble. I'm not here to uh, sort of pop all of those childhood memories. 
But I think there's a few things in the Gospel accounts that actually help us to understand why a baby being born in Bethlehem is so significant. Well, we begin with the shepherds in the field. Last night I talked about the census and uh, you can watch that on the live stream if you want to know more about that. But today I want to share with us about the shepherds in the field. I don't know if you've ever been to Israel or the Holy Land, modern day uh, Israel, but when you go to Bethlehem, uh, Bethlehem, which was a sleepy little town in the time of Jesus, is now uh, a, a big sort of area and it's quite overdeveloped. But if you go, that's sort of up on the hill, and if you go out of Bethlehem a little bit into the fields that surround, there's a church called Shepherds in the Field. And it's a, it's a, a church that just when people come and visit Bethlehem, it reminds them of the role of the shepherds in the Christmas story, the narrative. And it's likely that all around Bethlehem were shepherds who were uh, raising the sheep and the lambs for the Jewish uh, atonement of sin. And so they're raising these sheep and people would buy these little lambs and uh, take them to the temple uh, for sacrifice for their atonement of sin. And so the shepherds are probably familiar with this and they're probably also familiar with the idea of the Messiah coming, the Anointed One, the promised Christ who would come to save the world. And so what happens is that they're out in the fields and they're watching their sheep and an angel of the Lord appears to them and says to them that there's a baby who is this anointed one that they've been waiting for, that has been wrapped up in cloth and placed in a manger. Now, when they were uh, selling their little lambs, they had to wrap them up so that they wouldn't kick and so they wouldn't be imperfect. And they would place them in a place of care until they were bought and taken to, for what they were raised for. And so the, the shepherds are probably familiar with this image, but they're not familiar with a baby being put in a manger. A manger is actually a food trough, it's a, it's a feeding trough. It's, it's something that is uh, filled with food for the animals to eat from. And in a way, Mary and Joseph, having travelled from Nazareth, to be in Bethlehem for the birth because of the census, they wouldn't have been able to travel with a nice baby crib, would they? They had to walk this distance and ride on a donkey, but they don't have the ability to travel with them everything that they need. And so, in many ways, they don't have a crib, they don't have a nice bassinet for the baby Jesus to go in, so what are they going to do? Well, the animals have been cleared out of the stable, the house in which they're living, and so there's, they're no longer needing to feed the animals because they're all outside because there's all these relatives of Joseph in Bethlehem uh, for the census, and so they're taking up every indoor space possible. And so notice in the Gospel account that we just read, 
from the Gospel of Luke, it says that Mary wrapped Jesus in swaddling clothes and placed him in a manger. And then the angel appears to the shepherds and announces the birth of Jesus, the one who will bring glory to God in the highest and peace to people here on earth, and says to go and find this baby. So they're to go into Bethlehem, and you kind of imagine, you sort of think, so they're going into Bethlehem, they know that there's all these visitors in town for the census, they don't know how many babies are in Bethlehem, so which is the baby that they're supposed to find? Again, you can't believe everything you see in the movies, because in the movies it's really obvious which baby because there's a spotlight that shines on Jesus and the shepherds walk through the town and they're looking for the baby under the spotlight. But that's not the reality of what happens. Even if there's a bright star, we know a bright star doesn't shine a perfect ray of light onto one spot. So where are they to find this baby? The angel has told them to look for a baby in a manger Not every baby is in a manger. A baby is not put in a manger normally. And so when they look through the town, they're looking for a baby in a manger. And that will show them the baby that they're looking for. But it's important to remember that we're not just looking for the manger. I know that there are some people who are really fastidious with their Uh, their nativity scenes and they put out the nativity scene and there's an empty manger and they, they believe that you can't put the baby Jesus in the manger until Christmas Day. The shepherds would have known what a manger was and they're not going to marvel at this great manger. They're not going to look for this manger that is better than any other manger. They're going to look for the thing that is lying in the manger because it's the thing that's lying in the manger that is the real meaning of Christmas. It's the baby that's lying in the manger that's critical to Christmas. This baby born in a manger will be the one that will bring glory to God in the highest heavens and will bring peace here on earth. Now, it's also important for us to note that the angel of the Lord had announced to Mary what would happen and we've seen it unfold. And then the angel announces to the shepherds what has happened and maybe the shepherds are a little sceptical but they're like, well, let's go and check this out. And the Bible tells us that they went and found it exactly how the angel had announced it. The shepherds are a low class of people they're often quite smelly because they're spending a lot of time with animals. Bethlehem at this time is probably actually freezing cold and so they're probably sleeping with their sheep and goats that they're tending to in order just to stay warm. So they probably reek and smell of this. There's a chance that shepherds are either outcasts or they're young children who are still uh, trying to work away of earning their keep. And so it's these shepherds that are the ones that are sent by the angel into 
Bethlehem to find the baby Jesus. We know that when Mary received the news from the angel and she started telling everybody, that news wasn't received very well. We know in the Gospel of Luke, it was Elizabeth who is the first person that believes the good news that Mary is going to give birth to a son who will be the promised Messiah, the Christ. It's nine months later that Mary is in a foreign town that's related to her husband. There's all these people that are related to her husband that she doesn't know and she's given birth to the Saviour. It's the shepherds who are the ones that come along and confirm to her what she already knows. It's the shepherds that are sent to say, yes, this is the promised Messiah, the Christ that we've been waiting for. It's the outcast, it's the young, it's the low socioeconomic, it's the the people who are the least expected that come as the first people to give worship to the baby Jesus. If Jesus is to become the promised King, the Saviour King, He doesn't come with grandeur in a palace. He doesn't have a royal court give witness to His birth. He has the outcasts, the shepherds, the low income earners. And it's a great reminder to us this Christmas that Jesus is good news for everybody. Jesus is not just good news to the rich and the well-connected. Jesus is not just good news for those who have a theology degree and went to the right schools. Jesus is good news to everybody. In many ways, at Christmas, Jesus is especially good news for the outcast, for the poor and the vulnerable, the low-paid workers. The angel announces the birth to the shepherds, so that throughout all history, the shepherds would be a reminder to us that Jesus comes for everybody. As Jessica has pointed out, Jesus comes to rescue us, to save the lost. And Jesus would become a king, a king for all people. It's interesting, we read so many different things about the birth of Jesus. Today we're focused on the Gospel of Luke. But in the Gospel of Matthew we read that this Messiah that has been born in Bethlehem will become the great shepherd for all God's people. In John's Gospel, Jesus himself calls himself the Good Shepherd. So in a way, it's very fitting that the Good Shepherd, who will be the great shepherd that saves all people, is first identified as this promised Messiah, this anointed one, the Christ, by shepherds themselves. It's very fitting that in Luke's Gospel, it's the shepherds that call out and acknowledge the coming of the ultimate Good Shepherd. But I want us return to return to the manger. You see, there's so much layers in the text. There's so many misdirections in Christmas movies, but there's so much layer in the actual Bible text if we just study and unpack it. 
You see, the manger is a feeding trough. The animals go to the manger to feed. They don't go to the manger just to stand at a manger. They go for what's in the manger, food. And Jesus comes as the bread of life. He comes as our source of nourishment. He comes to be that which sustains us, not not like our Christmas lunch will sustain us until we get sleepy and have a siesta this afternoon. It'll sustain us spiritually. Jesus comes as our spiritual food and when we understand the imagery of the Gospels, we understand the theological principles that are behind it. That just like Jesus is placed in a manger, a place which becomes food for the animals, Jesus becomes food for us, spiritual food and nourishment for us. Jesus is the bread of life. It's a subtle image in the birth narrative and perhaps you've missed it before. Perhaps you've missed it because of, you know, arguments that people have about whether Jesus can appear in the little wooden nativity scene the day before Christmas or on Christmas Day. But the imagery of the Gospel of Luke is there for us to show that Jesus is the bread of life. And that's what we'll celebrate today with both the Christmas story, but also when we celebrate the Lord's Supper. A fitting reminder today on Christmas Day that Jesus, who is placed in a manger, we also celebrate at the Lord's Supper when we celebrate that Jesus is the bread of life. So I wonder if we really are seeking the bread of life. I wonder if we really are seeking the right thing. I wonder if we're maybe searching for meaning and purpose in the right place, looking for the right thing. Perhaps people in our world, with all of the uncertainty that's going on with 2020 and 2021, with all the uncertainty that we're still experiencing even today as people are struggling to get around the country because of the Omicron variant. People are looking for meaning and purpose, but they're looking for it in earthly things. In many ways, they're looking for it in the wrong place. It'd be like the shepherds who are told to look for a manger And when they turn up at the place and they see this gorgeous, amazing manger, they start talking about the craftsmanship of the manger rather than admiring the baby that's in the manger. It'd be like those of us who are looking for sustenance, spiritual sustenance, but we're looking for it in the wrong place and not seeing it in the bread of life. And the invitation to us on this Christmas day is maybe just to lift our eyes off our circumstances. Because I don't know your circumstances, I don't know what you're going through. But if it's anything like the circumstances that I'm going through, then some of the circumstances are as misleading as the, mo- the movies that try to show us the real meaning of Christmas. It's circumstances which is about consumerism and quick consumer thrills. It's not sustainable. And yet if we lift our eyes off our circumstances and focus on Jesus, the true 
meaning of Christmas, the true bread of life. It's sustainable. It's encouraging. It's uplifting. It gives us a sense of purpose. It gives us a sense of meaning and connection because it's not just about what I do. It's not just about what you do, but it's about us partnering with God's unfolding plan in the world to see glory to God in the heavens and peace here on earth. And I don't know about you, but I think we need peace here on earth. And so I want to encourage you to partner with what God is doing in our world. To lift our eyes off our circumstances into focus on Jesus. To not just be distracted by the mangers of this world, but to focus on the true bread of life. Our world is looking for peace in the wrong place. Instead of looking for things that can bring peace, our world needs to be looking at who it is that brings peace. It's Jesus, the promised Messiah, the Saviour of the world, the Anointed One, the Christ. Our world is looking for glory but they're looking for glory in self-fulfillment rather than partnering with giving God glory and participating in the greatest mission that there is, bringing glory to God in the highest. So my hope for you on this Christmas day is that you'd be focusing on the baby Jesus, that you'd be searching for that that you'd be focused on the bread of life and that maybe the shepherds would be a reminder to you, an example to you, that God loves you, that God loves our world and that God loves everyone, especially the outcast, those feeling unloved, those who are low income earners, those who've got nobody to celebrate this Christmas. God loves them and the shepherds are the reminder of that to us. Well, gracious God, we thank you for this Christmas story. Lord, we just know that we've sometimes sought meaning in the wrong place, like looking at the manger instead of looking what's in the manger. Help us to focus on you this Christmas and the good news revealed to us through Jesus Christ our Lord. And we make this prayer in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Well, we're going to stand now, and we're going to say the Nicene Creed together. Together, we believe in one God, the Father,